Hello, I'm Dr. Dean Schroffnagel, Senior Deputy Editor of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Victor Rogley, Professor of Pathology at Duke University. Dr. Rogley was a senior author of an article that appears in the March 2015 issue of the Annals entitled Immunostaining in Lung Cancer for the Clinician, Commonly Used Markers for Differentiating Primary and Metastatic Pulmonary Tumors. Immunostaining is now routinely used for typing lung cancers. The different stains, however, can be confusing to the clinician. I've asked Dr. Rogley to help clarify this. Dr. Rogley, welcome. How valuable are immunostains for diagnosing lung cancer, and what is their main use? Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, I would say that uh, in the past, in the patient who had primary lung cancer, as far as the oncologist or surgeon was concerned, all that needed to be known was, is this small cell or non-small cell carcinoma? In today's world of personalized medicine, that is simply not sufficient, and a pathologist is required to give as accurate a diagnosis as possible based on the samples that are submitted. Furthermore, because of the use of procedures that are less and less invasive, the amounts of tissue the pathologist has to work with frequently are quite small. So consequently, as a pathologist is required to make a diagnosis on small samples and also to preserve specimens as much as possible for further molecular studies, immunostains have become quite important in helping us make the difficult differential diagnosis between various types of primary lung cancer and also distinguishing lung cancer from other malignancies. So stains are useful in differentiating the types of lung cancer, but not useful in making the diagnosis of malignancy. Is that correct? That is correct. First of all, you have to be able to, based on the pathologic material submitted, determine that you are, in fact, dealing with a malignancy. And once that determination has been made, then immunostains uh, can offer valuable assistance. And what are the most common stains, and what do they tell us? Well, we have different stains that are, that are helpful for different types of primary lung cancer and also for tumors arising in other sites. For primary lung cancer and adenocarcinoma, the most frequently used stain and most useful one, in my opinion, is the thyroid transcription factor 1, typically referred to as TTF-1. And that stain is a nuclear stain which has very high specificity and sensitivity for adenocarcinoma of the lung compared to other primary lung cancers. Another stain that's also become uh, useful for primary lung cancers is one called Napsin A, which is a cytoplasmic stain. And it also tends to have high sensitivity and specificity similar to that of TTF1. For squamous cell carcinoma, the most useful marker, again, is a nuclear stain, which we call P63, or protein 63. And P63 stains a high percentage of squamous cell carcinomas of any origin, including of the lung, and has very good specificity and sensitivity with low percentage of staining for other types of primary lung cancer. A more recently devised stain has better, similar sensitivity, but different specificity. Um, that is, it is positive in a high percentage of squamous cell carcinomas and very uncommonly 
positive in other types of cancers, and that would be the P40 stain. So many laboratories use P40 instead of P63. In terms of small cell carcinoma, there's also a, a variety of stains which we use. We tend to use neuroendocrine markers, such as synaptophysin is a commonly used one. Chromogranin is commonly used. I like to use one that's called CD56, which is a nice broad immunostain, which is positive uh, in a high percentage of small cell carcinomas. And small cell carcinoma also tends to be positive for TTF1 and nuclear distribution. So that's useful for the lung cancers. What about metastatic cancer to the lung? What, what types of stains would you use to differentiate different metastatic cancers? Yeah, it depends upon which, which metastasis you're interested in. Uh, the most common ones, for example, would be metastasis from the colon or rectum to the lung. And for that particular differential diagnosis, CDX2 with nuclear staining uh, is a very good marker for colon cancers. There are a few primary lung cancers which will stain positive for CDX2, but they are a, an exception to the rule, and they're usually positive for other primary lung cancer markers. Another good marker for colon and rectal carcinomas is what's called cytokeratin 20, which is uncommonly positive in uh, primary adenocarcinomas of lung origin. For that differential diagnosis, we would use cytokeratin 7, which you would expect to have positive staining for cytokeratin 7 in primary adenocarcinoma of the lung with negative staining for cytokeratin 20, and the reverse of that for colon cancer. For breast cancer, there's a number of markers we can use. Uh, there's a new one called GATA3, G-A-T-A-3, and then there's some other uh, old handy ones we use, such as mammoglobin, estrogen receptor. For kidney cancer, there is a, a, a relatively new marker which has very high sensitivity, more than 90% of cancer, kidney cancers of all types, including the poorly differentiated ones, will be positive for PAX-8 which is a nuclear stain, again, which is a nice, clean stain and, and easy to interpret. Uh, for liver, we typically there's one called HEPAR-1 and uh, a newer stain called Glipican-3, which we can use for primary liver origin. And then for prostate, we have prostate-specific antigen is the most common one that we use in that regard. Well, I can see how uh, it can get complicated for uh, the clinician. And if you have a histologic picture of one lung cancer, but an immunostain is positive for another, what would you diagnose? Say you have a, a moderately differentiated squamous cell carcinoma, but it's positive for TTF1. Would you still call it squamous? Well, would uh, immunostaining be more important than morphology? That is a, that's a very important question. I, one of the important aspects, I think, of using immunostains is that the uh, appearance of the tumor on routine hematoxylin and eosin stain sections is extremely important in the diagnosis. So for tumors that are well differentiated or even moderately differentiated, if they're clearly a squamous cell carcinoma or clearly an adenocarcinoma, then we would not use markers to try to make that distinction. So a tumor that meets the WHO criteria for squamous cell carcinoma, that is it has clear keratinization on routine stain sections, or it has what we call intercellular bridges. In that circumstance, we would not do the immunostains. Typically, when we need to do the immunostains is when we have more poorly differentiated carcinomas because the morphology of a poorly differentiated squamous cell carcinoma 
and a poorly differentiated or solid type of adenocarcinoma can be virtually indistinguishable on small biopsy specimens. And those circumstances is, is where the stain is most useful. And uh, there have been circumstances that, that I have seen and that I have experienced and that some of my very experienced colleagues have I've also experienced where they were pretty sure just on the just on the shape of the tumor cells it was going to be squamous cell carcinoma, but the TTF1 showed that it was strongly positive and it was also negative for P63, which as I mentioned is a good marker for squamous cell. In that circumstance, we would uh, recognize and admit that uh, that probably really is a pretty differentiated adenocarcinoma and not squamous. So you said that um, if it's well differentiated or moderately differentiated, you may not use the immunostaining. So how often do you use immunostaining? It seems like our pathologists use it on every uh, lung cancer. Well, we don't here at Duke use it on every lung cancer, but I would say that on every new diagnosis of small cell carcinoma, we would routinely do stains to be sure that that's what we're dealing with. For a new diagnosis of adenocarcinoma of the lung, for example, unless the patient has a history of a uh, primary lung cancer from some other site, we would not routinely do the stains. Uh, if, if, for example, however, though you get a lymph node biopsy and that shows metastatic adenocarcinoma, then we might go ahead and do the stains that would indicate that we are dealing with a primary lung adenocarcinoma for a thoracic lymph node, for example. And in that case, we would use TTF-1 as for nuclear stain, cytokeratin-7 for a cytoplasmic stain, and cytokeratin-20, which would be negative in primary lung cancer, adenocarcinoma of lung origin. So the question of when do we do these things depends upon the differential diagnostic question that's generated when we look at the sample under a microscope. And the circumstances that most commonly occurs is when we're looking at poorly differentiated non-small cell carcinoma, trying to distinguish uh, adenocarcinoma from squamous cell carcinoma, or on a small biopsy, trying to distinguish small cell carcinoma from basaloid carcinoma of the lung, because those are quite different in their treatment and uh, also in their clinical course. So that's, that's an example we'd use. Or if we have a case where we've got adenocarcinoma, it's clearly adenocarcinoma in the lung, but we want to decide whether or not this is primary or uh, metastatic based on clinical considerations or imaging considerations, then we would do immunostains in that circumstance. Uh, so those are typically situations where we'd, we would do immunostains. So um, if we have a, a slide which has mixed squamous adeno, maybe even small cell. I, I've seen that all on the same slide at one time anyway. And of course, slides have a variation in differentiation. Some you'll see a patch, or at least I believe you see a patch of moderately well differentiated and poorly differentiated. So the immunostains would be ideal for separating that out. Yes, and the, uh, I would, the example I can think of that would be quite useful in that regard would be a tumor that's we often see uh, in the periphery of the lung adenosquamous carcinoma. Uh, it's not very common. It's about 2% of primary lung cancers in some series and, and perhaps less than that in, in uh, routine practice. Uh, but in that circumstance, one could use the TTF1 to demonstrate nuclear staining in the adenocarcinoma component 
and you could use P63 or P40 to demonstrate nuclear staining in the squamous cell carcinoma component. In uh, another circumstance, I think that you indicated with a small cell differentiation, in some cases with adenocarcinoma, yes, we can see neuroendocrine uh, carcinoma in association with adenocarcinoma in some circumstances. And in that circumstance, neuroendocrine markers such as chromogranin, CD56, or synaptophysin can be quite useful in picking out the neuroendocrine component. And you mentioned that uh, you brought up the small sample size, and this is always a uh, an issue in our tumor board. And if you had a small sample size, and we need some for gene mutation as well, if you had to limit your investigation to just two stains, could you do it? And I guess they would be, depending on what your differential diagnosis is, is what you've just told me. Is that correct? Yes, I think most common circumstance where that would come up would be a poorly differentiated non-small cell carcinoma where you're trying to decide is this adenocarcinoma or is this squamous cell carcinoma. And in that circumstance with a limited uh, sample size where you need to do additional molecular studies, then the two stains that I would pick would be the nice nuclear stains, which would be TTF1 to look for adenocarcinoma, or P63 or P40 to look for evidence of squamous cell carcinoma. So it can be done uh, in small samples with just two stains. And similarly, you might, if I were to look for that question of small cell carcinoma versus basaloid carcinoma and just have two stains to do, it would actually be exactly the same two stains because basaloid carcinoma is probably most closely related to squamous cell carcinoma. So it's P63 or P40 positive in the nucleus. And small cell carcinoma has a high percentage of the tumor cells positive for TTF1. Could you comment also on the difference between a needle aspiration, a bronchial biopsy versus surgical biopsy for these tests? And is the more extensive one required to fully diagnose lung cancers? Or how good are you, or pathologists in general, with these small tissues, samples? Yeah, there are some patterns in the World Health Organization that require you to have the resected specimen to make the diagnosis. And that would, an example of that would be large cell carcinoma. Otherwise, you'd have to say non-small cell carcinoma not otherwise specified on a small biopsy. But other than that, we can typically make a diagnosis on the smaller samples, including a needle aspiration or a bronchial biopsy. Now, needle aspirations, if they're just a smear, can be more difficult to do special stains. But many times, I would say probably the majority of times here, that we get actually a core needle biopsy with the needle aspirate. And with a core biopsy, it provides adequate t tissue, sometimes even more than you get with an endobronchial biopsy or a transbronchial biopsy. Those samples, needle aspiration, core biopsies, and bronchial biopsies are quite useful for doing immunostains and quite adequate in the majority of the cases, provided that adequate tissue to make a diagnosis of cancer has been obtained. Can, can you use these special stains on cytology cell blocks? Yes, on cell blocks you can do it. So if they make a cell block, in, for example, from a pleural fluid uh, cytology which has been spun down to make a cell block, or if they make a cell block for any other sample, we can certainly do the, the special stains, uh, the immunostains on the cell block. Great. 
Well, I think that will do it for today. I've been speaking with Dr. Uh, Victor Rogley, professor of pathology at Duke University. Dr. Rogley was a senior author of the article that appears in the March issue of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society entitled Immunostaining in Lung Cancer for the Clinician, Commonly Used Markers for Differentiating Primary and Metastatic Pulmonary Tumors. And I'm Dean Schroffnagel, Senior Editor for the Annals, and I'd like to say thanks for listening.